you have your Bibles with you, I'll invite you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 9 this morning, where we will find our text as we continue to look at the narrative, uh, the story of Noah and God's relationship with him. We've just seen, uh, last time we were together, two weeks ago, we saw the flood and we saw uh, God telling Noah to build the ark. We saw he built the ark. He and the animals and his family were saved from the flood that destroyed all of the rest of the things that were living, uh, the, the land things that were living. And so today we're going to see really what transpires as Noah and his family are coming off of the ark. As they come off of the ark, there's a point where uh, Noah makes builds an altar and makes a sacrifice to God, and we're going to talk about that part a little bit more uh, Wednesday night. And then we get into chapter 9 at the beginning of it where we see uh, some things that God reaffirms or gives to Noah and to his family things that I preached on recently just a few months ago so we're not going to spend a lot of time here today but in those first few verses we see God telling Noah and his family things like uh, reaffirming the, the plan for them to be fruitful and multiply the same thing that he had given to Adam and Eve we're told uh, that they are in charge of the animals as they had been before. But we see now a new command, uh, or a new thing that God gives to them, a freedom that they are now free to eat meat, although not to eat meat with the blood in it. And so God talks about that. And then beginning in verse 8, where we're going to pick up this morning, we see specific language about a covenant. Now, there have been things to this point that God has told people, but this is the first time that we see uh, God speaking to Noah. Is the first time that we see language about a covenant. And covenants are extremely important for our understanding of Scripture. God makes covenants with people throughout Scripture. We see a covenant with Noah. We see a covenant with Abraham. We see a covenant with Moses and the people of Israel. We see a New Testament covenant that God has with us through Jesus Christ. So covenants are extremely important. So what I want us to do today is to look at this covenant that God enters into with Noah and through Noah with all people and see some very specific and important things for us to understand about this covenant that apply to other covenants as well. So look with me in Genesis chapter 9 beginning in verse 8. It says, Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you. As many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And so we see here this covenant. And the word covenant, you see there, God uses it more than once. And so we see that reiteration gives us really that idea that this is a focal point. This is something that we need to look at. And, of course, if you're not familiar with covenants, I know that really, for the most part, that's a church word. If you didn't grow up in church, you may not be really familiar with that language of covenants. For our intent and purposes, if you wanted something that, that you might talk about more often to help you understand, you could say contracts. 
um, in some ways you could see this as a promise. God as, is making a promise to Noah and with or through Noah to all people and all beasts of the earth. God is entering into a contract with Noah or with all people is really what, what the words that we would try to use to describe what a covenant is. And now a lot of times the covenants require reciprocation. God says, I will do this if you will do this. But here, God just makes this promise. God enters into this covenant with known with all people that God has made up his mind, that God has resolved that he's not going to send another flood to destroy the earth. So as we look at this covenant, I want us to see three specific things about this covenant. The first thing that we're going to see about the covenant is that the covenant was undeserved. The first thing we see is that this covenant was undeserved, or as we might say, it was by grace. God graciously enters into this covenant. He doesn't have to make this contract with people. He's not required to make this contract or to make this promise or to Noah and all of the other animals. And they've done nothing to deserve it. And why do I say that? Do you remember why God sent the flood in the first place? You probably do. We just talked about it recently. But turn back to chapter 6, and we'll see specifically what it says in verse 11. It says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So what we see here is all people are being sinful. People are sinful. People are being evil. People are doing the things that they shouldn't. They're going against God's teachings. They're going against God's commands. And so God decides that he's going to wipe out and he's going to start over. He's going to allow Noah and his family to be saved because of Noah's faith. But outside of that, he's going to bring this flood. It's going to destroy all people. So the flood came because people were evil. God sent the flood because people were sinful. Well, the truth is, all people are sinful. All people do evil things. You and me, Noah and his sons. Noah was given to us as righteous, but the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11, it makes it very clear that his righteousness was because of his faith, not because he never did anything wrong. In chapter 9, a little bit later, not we'll see it this morning, but Noah is going to build a vineyard or going to grow a vineyard and he's going to drink so much of it that he's going to get drunk and pass out. It's not that God decided he would never send a flood again because after the ark, nobody ever sinned. That's not what happens here. No, God makes up his mind that he, out of his grace, out of mercy, is going to refrain from sending another flood to destroy all people. And that's such a beautiful thing that God would do that even though Noah didn't deserve it, even though his sons didn't deserve it, even though the people after that, just in a chapter or two, were going to see the Tower of Babel and all of the evil that's there. Even then, God refrains. When you look around today, when you pick up a paper or, or pull up the Internet and you see the news headlines and you see all of the terrible things, Seems like if God sent a flood then, he should sure send one now. But God, because he's merciful, has kept that covenant 
and has decided not to send the flood, even though we deserve to be wiped out. Men were sinful, and he sent a flood. And now here God says, I'm not going to send another flood. Not because anybody deserves for God to make this promise to them, but because God is a gracious God. Look with me at the end of chapter 8. When God makes this decision, before he tells it to Noah, God makes this decision. God shows us his thoughts, which is such an amazing thing to me. In chapter 8, God shows us his mindset and his thinking when he made this decision. Look with me in verse 20. This is as they've come off of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, that's his thinking here, he says in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. So there God makes up his mind. God becomes resolved. He says, I am not going to send another flood. Before he ever talks to Noah about this, before he enters into the covenant, he's already made up his mind. Why did God decide to do this? Because people had earned it? Because they deserved it? No, it says clearly in verse 21, in his quote, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Now, God sent the first flood because people were evil in all that they did. And here it says, even though people are still evil, God didn't think that after the flood everybody was going to be perfect. He said, no, I know that they're still going to be evil. I know that they're still going to be sinful. But I'm still not going to send the flood. Because God was being merciful. Because God was showing us and them and everyone grace. So point one, or the first thing we see, is that this covenant was undeserved. They didn't deserve it, and we don't deserve it either. But God continues to preserve it. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. The second thing I want you to see here is that this covenant was their only hope. This covenant right here was their only hope. Because if God was going to send a flood every time that the earth was filled with sinful people, we weren't going to get very far, were we? We weren't going to get very far before Noah and his son start doing dumb things before the Tower of Babel comes around and everybody decides that they want to be their own gods and they want to build this tower to heaven, that they want to make a name for themselves and God has to send another flood. And then God would have more people and they would be sinful and God would send another flood. It was their only, the only hope that humanity had to live a full life without being destroyed by a flood was God's mercy. It's the only way that it was going to happen. If God judged us every time we sinned, which is what we deserve, we wouldn't have made it this far. Amen? I wouldn't have made it this far. If God judged me every time I sinned, I'd have been gone a long time ago. So would you. Believe it or not, we'd all be dead. Our only, their only hope for survival. Their only hope was that God would be merciful. It's as if they were standing before a judge saying, I'm guilty, and I know I'm guilty, and you know I'm guilty, and everybody else knows I'm guilty, and the only way that I can be saved is judge if you'll show me mercy. If you will not give me 
what I deserve. The only thing that could protect Noah and his family and all mankind from God's judgment was God. I want you to hear that and think about that for just a moment. The only thing that could protect Noah and his family from God's judgment was God. He was the only thing standing in between the judgment that they deserved and the mercy that they were given. This covenant is a huge deal because they didn't deserve it, but God gave it to them anyways, and that's great because it was their only hope, is that God would promise that even though you deserve to be killed, I won't kill you. I will refrain from giving you what you deserve. This covenant was the only hope that they had. There's only one other thing that I want to make sure that you see about this covenant. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And in a minute you'll see why if you don't see it in the text. Look back in verse 12, Genesis 9, verse 12. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And you hear again that God says several things there over and over and over. He talks about the covenant over and over and over. This promise that he's making, he talks about it over and over and over. He talks about the fact that this covenant is between not only him and Noah. We call this the Noahic covenant because it was said to Noah, but it's not a covenant just to Noah, is it? No, it says over and over and over that this has been established between him and all flesh that is on the earth. But the thing I really want you to see here, I think it's best said in verse 16. It says, when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant. The third thing I want you to see about this covenant is that it was upheld forever. At least till now it's been upheld. That God made good on his promise. I know that seems like a little thing to us because we expect God to do that. But if you don't know much about God, this is a huge deal. It's huge that you recognize this. When we look at the covenant that God makes to Noah, he says, I will never again, no matter how bad things get, no matter how terrible people are, I will not send another flood to destroy the earth. He made this promise a long time ago, and has there ever since then been a flood that destroyed all flesh on the whole earth? No, absolutely not. God has made good on this promise. And I love that he gives the rainbow as the sign of this covenant. Every time that we go out on a rainy day and we see that beautiful rainbow in the sky, we should remember that God keeps his promises. We should remember when you see that rainbow, you should probably think, I should be dead right now. I deserve to have been killed because I'm a sinner, but God keeps his promise and he's been merciful. God has been so gracious to us in ways that we never deserve. 
And you can look at other promises. You can look at other covenants. God makes the covenant with Abraham that he's going to make a great nation from him. And Israel comes from him. He, he tells him that he's going to bless all of the families on the whole earth through him. And he does. And there are the things that God promises to Israel through Moses. And they're all upheld. The promised land and all the things that go with it. But I wanted to give you just this. You can just write this reference down. Because I think it's very helpful for us to remember how faithful God is. Joshua 21, 44 and 45. Just write that down and then listen to this. It says, And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Isn't that beautiful? Not one word of all the good promises that God had made to them failed. Every single one came to pass. Sums up what I could try and say by going through all of the covenants and all things. Everything that God promised, He did. Over and over and over. We see the same thing that we see here. When God makes a promise, He keeps that promise. I just want you to think for just a moment about what a blessing that is that we don't deserve God's mercy but he has promised his mercy and he has given us mercy that we don't deserve to be safe from a flood and from punishment but God has allowed us to be safe from flood and punishment that we deserve that God keeps his promises to us but the last thing I want to do before we go this morning I want you to see why this, these three points aren't just a really big deal for Noah. Because it's a huge deal for Noah that God kept these promises. But it's not just a big deal for Noah, but it's a big deal for us as well. Because you've probably heard this when we have the Lord's Supper. In Luke chapter 22, verse 20, it says this. Jesus says he's instituting the Lord's Supper. It says, and likewise the cup. He took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Now there's that word again, covenant. You see that God didn't just make covenants with Noah and with Abraham and with Moses and with Israel, but God has made a covenant with us. God has entered into contract with those of us that have come to him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. If you have responded to God, to the offering of his son in faith, then you have entered into a contract with God. You've entered into a covenant with God. God has made a promise to you, and it's a really, really big deal that all of these things come to pass, that you recognize these. The first thing that we saw, God's covenant to Noah was an undeserved covenant, and God's covenant to us is undeserved as well. Raise your hand if you deserve that God Almighty would send His Son to die on a cross and take all of the sins and all the penalty for all the sins that you have ever committed. If you deserve that, if you have earned the right for Him to do that, raise your hand. You see, Noah didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve the covenant, and we don't deserve that covenant. That God would send his, that God Himself would leave heaven and come here and live the perfect life, and still die the terrible death. The one that we deserve, that he did that. We don't deserve that. But God did it anyways. He showed us mercy, and he showed us grace. He gave us what we don't deserve. 
And why is that a big deal? Y'all see where this is going? Number two, because God's covenant's our only hope. The only hope that Noah had to not be killed by a flood was that God would be merciful and God would say, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. Do you have any other hope to go to heaven? Because I don't. I have no hope of eternal life. I have no hope of escaping hell and burning and being in torment and pain and torture forever and ever, which I deserve. I have no hope to escape that except God's covenant, God's promise through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other hope for anyone to escape the wrath of God, the terrible wrath of God that we don't want to see, that we don't want to feel. The only hope is God's covenant, God's promise that if we respond to Jesus Christ in faith, if we give our life over to Him, if we make Him Lord of our life, that He will take away our sins, that He will take away our punishment, that He will take away our guilt, that He will give us new life, that He will give us peace and joy and happiness, that He will give us eternal life. That's the covenant. That's the new covenant that we have through Jesus' blood. And it's so beautiful, and it's so wonderful, and it's so undeserved. You can't do enough to deserve that, but God's given it to us anyways. And the last one's a really big deal too. God kept that promise to Noah forever. He has not broken that promise. He never broke any of the promises that he made. And that's a big deal because some people come to me and they ask questions like, Brother, how can I know that I'm going to heaven? Some of you have probably had those thoughts before. I mean, I, I know... I know what the Bible says, and, and I know that I've responded in faith, and I know that I've done, but how can I know? I want, I want assurance. How can I know? And this is all I can tell you because God promised it, and God's never broken a promise. You see, if God broke his, his covenant promise to Noah, if God said, Noah, I'm never sending another flood, but then he got fed up enough that he sent a flood, then now all of a sudden I have to doubt because God said, Zach, if you respond in faith to Jesus Christ, I will take away your sins and give you eternal life. But if he had broken that promise, then I would have to think, but what if I do enough bad stuff that he changes his mind? But the truth of Scripture is that God doesn't break his promises. That when he is resolved to do something, when he says, I will do this, it comes to pass every single time. It always has, and it always will. And you've seen it in your life. Every promise that God has ever made to you has come to pass. He tells us that if we need wisdom, that if we'll seek it from Him, that He'll give it to us. And every time I've ever prayed for Him and come to Him seeking wisdom, He showed me what I need to know. He promised that He would never leave us. And I've never spent a day without Christ after responding to Him. I've never been without God's presence. He promised us peace and hope and joy and happiness and fullness in life here. And I've experienced all of those things. He promised that he would send us the Holy Spirit when he went to heaven. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. And he also promises that if we are his, that he's preparing a place for us and that one day he'll come back to get us. And all I can tell you is this, is that if you want to know how you can know that that's going to happen, just look at God's track record. He's never broken a promise. And he's not going to start now. Brothers and sisters, 
the covenant that God made with Noah was the first in this line of many covenants that are a huge deal for us. It's a huge deal that God who doesn't have to enter into contracts with us, God that doesn't have to make promises to us, does. Graciously and mercifully and undeservingly does make promises to Noah and Moses and Israel and Abraham and to you and to me. And if you're here this morning and you've never entered into that new covenant contract with God, you've never realized how important it was that you have faith in Jesus Christ and that you have forgiveness through His blood, but today you're starting to see that, I pray that you would come. In just a moment, I'm going to be going with our children to camp, but Brother Dusty's going to be down here.